Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet. You're joined today by Mr. Roy Hancock. How are we going, Nick? Mate, I tell you what, as we always say, the action has been nothing short of frenetic this Flat week. Um, and we've now, it's an ex- it's always episodes that kind of stress us out, they excite us. Um, <laughs> after now having a, a good enough look at all 30 teams, we decided to fire up our old friend, the Trade Machine, once again this week. Um, I tell you what, I don't know about you, but how did you... As I said, we've seen all 30 teams, so we're kind of looking at trades now that we think will either mm. you know, take a team that's kind of in that mediocre phase to just completely bottom in out. You had to use that word, didn't you? I, I did. I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Not even a minute in. No, <laughs> I, I run, like a, run like a train. Yeah, or trades that we think will push other teams mm. up into that, that top echelon within the, within the league. So... How did you find it this week? Yeah, not too bad. Look, it's always hard trying to get these trade machines to work. It's a love-hate because, relationship. Yeah, but look, the trades that we're going to come up with, ideally, um, as you said, get the team to the next level. Or there's plenty of teams there who are, haven't committed to the rebuild, and it's really frustrating from an NBA fan's yep. perspective to see these fans, uh, these these clubs um, cling on to mediocrity. So, um yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Well, guys, before we do so, we'll get ripped through some odds and ends momentarily. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of quick housekeeping points. A big shout out to the cover. Um, had the opportunity earlier in the week on our NBL Focus show to catch up with fellow cover brethren, Matty Bay and Locke from the Fifth and Dribble podcast. Mm. Uh, in what was meant to be an NBL Focus show, we quickly, we, we spoke a lot about the NBL. We then also delved into some uh, rabbit holes that led us to NBA land. So well worth checking that one out from earlier in the week there, guys. So big shout-out to the cover. As well, a big shout-out to a new network that we've officially jumped aboard of, uh, Stadium Scene. Now, they're Mm going to be helping broadcast us across uh, North America there. Certainly very excited about, you know, in the conversations Mm. we've had the growth plans for that network. Um, So very, very excited to be a part of everything that's happening over there. Really good people at Stadium Scene as well. Yep, Kate and DJ there. um, Certainly appreciate everything they're doing. Big things in the works as well, so... Um, I'll be sure to keep keep you guys posted on those things as they start to progress. Lovely. Good stuff, Nick. All right. Let's get into it. Odds and ends here. Let's start with the biggest piece of news to come out of the week. The Brooklyn Nets and Steve Nash officially parting ways. Huge. Now, oh. it was a point that looked kind of written. The writing was on the wall. It mm. has been for the last couple of weeks. With the news, it looks as if all signs are pointing towards Currently suspended head coach <laughs> of the Boston Celtics, Ime Adoka, taking over that head coaching role. Bro, what did you think? So Steve Nash in his mm. tenure with the Nets had a 94-67 and 67 record. Mm. They only won that one playoff series against the Celtics there. Had had KD's big foot been a, a little <laughs> bit, or his big toe a little bit smaller, they could have been NBA champs. Who knows? A bit of a butterfly effect. It is, yeah. Yep. You know, situation mm. there. But did you see this one coming? Um, look, for a little while, there's been a, uh, the boat's been a bit rocked um, at the Brooklyn Nets. We know usually um, these coaching appointments are decided by wins and losses yep. and also by the star players on your team, whether they like the coach or whether they don't like them. They usually have a pretty significant say um, in terms of whether they stay or not. So to say I was surprised, no, I wasn't surprised to see Steve Nash go. And I think with the squad he had, even though he's had in, uh, injuries to his star players and they've been out for whatever reasons, you still expect to have a better record than he had with the Brooklyn Nets whilst he was head coach. Do you think it was 
Do you think it's part? Well, it's, it's partly him, but do you think it's as well a lot of the situation he was in? So oh, you know, yeah. the whole James Harden situation, Kyrie taking his stand against COVID. If pretty much everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. I think uh, you certainly have to take that into account, don't you? Yeah. It hasn't. It hasn't gone perfectly. Um, he sort of had. He was dealt the cards, and I don't necessarily know if any other coach could have done uh, much more than what better job. It was a rocky boat to hop into um, to begin with. But then, yeah, it's a little bit, um, I guess, shocking to see Imaya Doka become That's the, the big point, isn't it? Yeah, the leading candidate. Um, and from all reports, I was reading something earlier, like even Marcus Smart from the Celtics. He wasn't. He wasn't aware of this. Thought he, he, thought, coming back. he thought he was coming back next season. Yeah. Little did he know. Um, the Nets have already scouted scouted a Doker, and he looks like he will become the next head coach. It's just a funny. It's a funny move for a franchise at the moment mm. that is just constantly in the news for the wrong reasons. <laughs> um, Kyrie Irving suspended without pay for a minimum of five games. Um, after he's sharing a link to an anti. Mm. I always get the word wrong. Anti-Semitic yes. documentary there. Yeah. Mm. Um. Just ties, and you know, not even really offering an actual apology. apology. He came out with yep. a statement. There was no actually, I'm sorry, within mm. that. But again, just highlights kind of where this franchise is at at the moment. You know, a couple mm, of years ago, sure. everything was looking poised for a big, you know, a big dynasty run mm. almost, mm. and it's fallen very, very short. Yeah, as someone was saying earlier this week that everywhere Corey goes, drama seems to follow him, and I, I can't disagree with that. Every single place he's gone to. It's just been absolute um, headlines week on a weekly basis and for yep. the wrong reasons. Um, and, you know, in the past, I have defended Kyrie with certain things, but there's certain things such as what he's done over the last few weeks, which is just undefendable. And yeah. I think he's got a lot of winning the trust back of uh, his teammates, for starters, 100%. the NBA community. It's a it's a really deep hole and ugly hole that he's in at the moment. Before we move on, I'll just pose this question real quickly, mm-hmm. Duke, because... Mm-hmm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There might be a little more Kyrie talk <laughs> later in the episode. Yes, yep. But do you think, given this, like we saw what happened with Myers Leonard for the Heat yep. a couple of years ago, kind of similar, I guess, situation with the anti-Semitic type problems, mm, mm. and he's he's out of the league. Yeah. Um, he had to go, you know, extensive kind of, you know, I guess, counselling and different things. Rehabilitation. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you think we will see Kyrie again? You know, just given his track record over the last couple of years, everything that's going on with him, do you think he would be the type of guy now to pull the pin? I think we've discussed this in the past, haven't we? He's, I believe he's, so. he's the guy who we wouldn't be surprised at all to see him just retire suddenly out of the NBA and not come back because he's got opinions and he's got beliefs and views which are sort of bigger than the game. And, you know, I think to answer your question, it's not a certainty that we will see him back. Yep. Um, as an NBA basketball talent, I really hope we do because he's an incredible talent. Oh, and he he's, he's probably one of, if not the most exciting point guard to watch at times Got in the, the NBA. silkiest handles going oh, around, doesn't, doesn't he? he? Incredible. And, but just some some blokes can't outrun these sort of negative demons that they have. And yeah. I feel like yeah, he might be fading into the shadows. What do you reckon, though? Uh, from, uh, I, could, I would not be surprised if we woke up in the next couple of mornings mm. and – Kyrie Irving was no more within the NBA. It mm. would not shock me in the slightest. No, no. That being said, I think we will see a little bit more of him. But uh, Do we think we will see a little bit more of him at the Nets or is this coinciding with your That's, uh, uh, that's something to delve into okay. very, very shortly, we, my friend. We won't touch on that anymore. I've got a quick question for you. Two yes. points here. I've Hit got me. two injuries. You're going to tell me which one you think will have a bigger impact on their team. Okay. Hit me, Nick. 
During the week, Kawhi Leonard, it was announced he will miss the next six games with right knee injury management. Um, now, I, I did speak about this the other night with the blokes from the fifth and dribble. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know about you. I'm starting to lose. They got a win today over the Spurs just before we came on air. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that convincing. To nor, be expected, though. Nor have Yeah, well, that's mm-hmm. it. Nor have many of their wins been very convincing. Mm-hmm. Getting over the Rockets by a bee's dick and everything mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. of the kind. I've lost a little bit of faith in them. So that's injury number one. Right. Ka- Kawhi. Yes. I was about to call him Leonard. Kawhi <laughs> out for the next six games. <laughs> yep. Or James Harden looking at four to five weeks on the sidelines with a right foot tendon sprain. Mm. Now, oh, after a somewhat tough. lacklustre campaign up until this point mm. so far, which which injury do you think will have the bigger impact? Um, Granted that Harden's will, will no doubt be longer. Yeah, it will be longer. Um, Kawhi Leonard, though, I, I'm still not convinced throughout the course of this season he'll have a good run at it at all. Yep. Um, I think it's sort of up for debate as to whether he'll come back. I think that injuries to Kawhi is probably going to affect the Clippers' season more than um, James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. I think they've got Tyrese Maxey as a pretty handy backup guard um, yep. to to James Harden. And Joel Embiid, I I did say a few weeks ago that I thought James Harden could be having a year where he could potentially score more points um, per game than old old Joel Embiid. But I think um, that was a bit of a premature call by me. (laughs) flip of a coin by him though, eh, because I I agreed with you and I Mm. said the same thing. It feels like night to night, you know, he's either going off or he's... Or he's just having a sort of pretty... Stop standard yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a real funny situation. If you had your time back, would you change your answer on that? I front? think I would. I think I probably would. I think I was a bit too excited with the NBA season starting. Caught up in the moment. That's and what I was, we do. We I love think it. I was also excited to see James Harden back to being that plus thirty plus um, point game scorer. But with Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. They've gone from, and I know it's early days, they've gone from my probably pick in the West to, yep. to finish first, even in the regular season, I guess, to I'm really not certain how they're going to perform this year. I thought PG, even if Kawhi was out and um, his um, load was managed throughout the course of the season, I still thought that they'd have enough pieces, and we've spoken about time after time. They're one of the deepest squads in the league, and I thought it probably won't be the worst thing if he has the occasional game off, but they just look a bit in all sorts at the moment. I don't know if it's necessarily due to Kawhi alone or if it's just a combination of different things. Yeah, I I agree. And to be honest, every time I think of this team and Kawhi in particular, I just think of what was the movie? It's got Samuel L. Jackson. Is it Unbreakable? Where Snakes he's like, on a plane. No, 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 it wasn't Snakes on a plane. No? Classic oh, okay. movie. That yep. the one where he's kind of like pretty much made of glass, and every time he's touched, it's got Bruce Willis in it as well. Like his bones just break. I haven't seen the movie, but I Unbreak understand the reference. I reckon yeah. a lot of you guys mm-hmm. have seen it out mm-hmm. there, and it had. Ah, uh, uh, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get this wrong. So I'll stop there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just think of that. Mm. Like Kawhi at the moment, every time he's touched, it feels as if something's breaking. And, yep. you know, we were a couple of games into the season after he had an extensive layoff, rehabilitated, got his body right, and then it's already injuries coming into the fold, you know, half a dozen games into the season. So if you're the Clippers, like, what do you do? Do you oh. do you sort of try and rehabilitate him to the point where you not rest him, but I guess mm-hmm. you try and get him well for the back half of the season and probably the playoffs because ideally that's when you want him. Yep. Or do you sort of just see how you go with him? And, like, obviously his body is nowhere near 100% yeah. by the sounds of it. I think they might potentially just have to play the long, long game with Kawhi and hopefully get him back out there in the last bit of the season. My worry now, though, is just because the West is so deep and mm. so strong, 
I don't think like their team with Kawhi and PG healthy mm. looks considerably different if Kawhi's not on the team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're good enough, you know, to really cement a top six spot if Kawhi's mm. not there and playing mm. the majority of the games. Yeah. Um, which then you're leaving a bit to chance through the playing format there. If I was uh, in and around the franchise, I'd get Stevie Bowman to go in and kick some ass. Stevie Bowman's that, got a bit of work to do, doesn't that he? That guy, yeah, I tell you what, return on investment at this point in time, ROI, yeah. all the, the yeah. financial gurus out there, mm. is not paying off at all. It's not. It's it's like the Nets. So much promise over the last couple of years, you thought, when they made the big acquisitions, and it's just failed to deliver thus far. Who's over-promised and under-delivered more, the Nets or the Los Angeles Clippers? Oh, Jeez, good question. Um, <laughs> They're on par, I reckon. I would say just for the fact it was that big three, I'd say the Nets. Mm, but mm. I remember pretty much Stevie Ballmer when they signed the two saying they'd won the title. Yeah. So yeah. Not to mention Kawhi at that time had just left the team who won a championship. So ooh, you good thought, question. You thought, oh, they, they they must be building something very special over there. That'd be a good poll question on yeah. our socials during the week. If you're not following them, be sure to do do. To do do. To do. For Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok, the Daily Dribble for all your basketball news. But good question to throw up. Who has overpromised and underdelivered mm, more than the Nets or the Clippers? Would love to hear from you guys what you think on that one. Last point from me during the week, Bojan Bogdanovich signed mm. a two year extension with the Detroit Pistons. Oh, now, I love this. Two years, $39 million so far this season, uh, excluding today's game. It's averaged just under 23 points a game, three and a half rebounds, mm-hmm. two assists, and going 50%, 50% from three. Now, What a laser. I think he, so far, again, mm. it's only early, but he has been an absolute steal for this team. And now having him, having him tied up for the mm. next few years to really build with this young core that they've got developing, I think super, super exciting and a really good bit of business to, uh, to get a hold. I think so as well. And it's one of these... Um, Acquisitions. I think we were mentioning the other week. It sort of looks a bit, a bit strange him out there because he looks like the 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 dad of the team. And yeah. He sort of looks out of place to a certain extent, but he he well and truly deserves it because he's had a really good start to the season. I think Detroit know that he might be like one of their key cogs just until I guess Cade hits his prime and yep. and these other young up and coming stars start to develop a bit more. He might be the guy who might be the most like consistent scorer. Like he could Kept be the them in games this year. Yeah, he, he has single handedly won them just about with his shooting from outside. And the other thing, like we know that the Utah Jazz never, uh, you know, got to the you know finals or whatever the case might be. But throughout the regular season, at least they knew what it took to win games. And so. It, it, like he's brought over somewhat of a winning culture and what it takes to win games throughout the regular season. I don't know. Even though this probably isn't the season for Detroit to to finish it's high exciting. in the standings, um, it's it's a really good um, signing, and I, I love I love Bogdan Bitch. He's, so do he's I. a good player, really I, solid. I thought it really was the kind of piece that you know. I don't think no doubt they're going to be a playoff team this year, but I thought. It's the piece that gets them into that that next tier. Yes, yeah. With those young guys that they've got and the signings, um, those those pickups in the draft, I think he's just the piece that steadies it. So likewise, two years, thirty nine million. I think that's a really good deal for well both deserved. parties. Well deserved. How 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 good would it be for like a team like the Lakers to uh, have acquired him? Yes. He would have gone over at sort of medium value, and now his value is just absolutely through the roof. He's bowling now. Well, as we currently speak, I just checked the scores. Speaking of the oh, no, Jazz and the Lakers, the Lakers are going to be going down in that one. Yep, you beauty. They lost by 14 <laughs> oh, no. points to the Jazz. They gave up 130 points. What a time to be living. <laughs> How does this happen? Uh, I'll tell you what, and it's just disgusting. We spoke about it just before we 
came on mm. air. The other day against the Pelicans, that that clutch, clutch Matt Ryan three, the OT win, yep. just gave me a little bit of hope, a, a little, little, bit of hope. little bit of something. Real and, you win. And that's mm. the worst bit. I'd rather have no hope and just continue losing from the yep. word go. When you fed that little bit of hope, well, I'll tell you what, we can go back to our um, our Dark Knight references. Batman, what's Bane say? There can be no suffering without hope or something Yeah, well. in, the, in the pit there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it. Absolute despair at the moment, but. Nevertheless, let's put forth mm. some trades, and hopefully, I can uh, we can turn around the, uh, the the fortunes of these franchises. Uh, let's get into it. Daily dribble. Okay, as we said, guys, we we continue to have a love hate relationship <laughs> with the trade machine, like a, a guilted ex lover. We just keep coming back for more. Um, as we say, though, with a lot of these segments, we'd love to hear from you guys. Which trades we got right, which ones we got wrong. Some of your own out there, so be sure to hit us up and let us know what you've got. Mm. Bro, do you want to kick us off? I'll kick us off. Good man, let's do it. You'll like this one, Nick. Oh, and it's sort of one which has been rumoured around, but I I think we could probably make this happen. How about Buddy Hield and Miles Turner to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook, Thomas Bryant, and Wenyan Gabriel? Okay. So my justifications for this trade, whether this trade would actually happen, who knows, but... It's one to put out there. So the Lakers, we know they're absolutely lacking shooting caliber at the moment. Yep. And it's plain to see. So they receive one of the best on his day shooters in the league, one of the best lights out shooters in Buddy Heald. Probably underrated over the last well, half probably decade, is, isn't decade he? Yeah, so. I yep. think he probably is. Um, so he, he provides much needed shooting. Um, and then you've also got Miles Turner coming across, who I think actually wants out of the Indiana Pacers and probably has wanted out for some time since his name had been put up on the trade Did table. Did you see his comments the other day on one of the podcasts? Oh. Was it with Woj and said if if he were the Lakers, he would seriously consider I, trading, draft trading for himself? Well, that says it all. So yeah. he, he, he wants out and the Lakers could be a preferred team for him to go to. Okay. So he can spread the floor. And the thing with the Lakers is their, their championship window, in my eyes, is rapidly closing. So Very they they have no time to muck about with younger talent, even yep. as as exciting as some other guys might be. They just don't have the time on their side. And then as for the Indiana Pacers, they can recruit Westbrook and hopefully to a certain extent drive his value up a little bit more because yep. at the moment it's pretty low in comparison to where it's been to maybe over the, yep. over the past five years. Um, and the, the thing with Westbrook and this trade, it doesn't necessarily need to be a long-term piece. It could just be a piece to drive his value up a little bit more and the Indiana Pacers could dish him off yeah. at higher value than they get him for. So Absolutely. Um, I don't mind Buy that. Low, sell high. Yeah, exactly right. And um, Thomas Bryant, I mean, he's he's a still a young guy and he's a guy who probably aligns a bit better with the Indiana Pacers rebuild than mm. the Los Angeles Lakers win-now mode. Yep. Um. And I think he could be a pretty handy piece, a pretty handy maybe backup option, big man off the bench. And Wenyan Gabriel, I guess he's been on a few squads since he's come on to, into the league, but he's always been just that sort of cherry on top type player to add to these trade yeah. packages just to get it over the line. Bit of a sweetener, isn't I it? I think yeah. so. Um, yep. So I, I would love to see this happen, not only for the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers, I don't need to tell you twice, Nick, but they are severely missing some quality shooters. Absolutely. And the Indiana Pacers, I think 
they they need to go into rebuild mode, like yeah. full rebuild mode. And I think they need to get rid of Miles Turner, who's been a bit, he's sort of just been hanging around a little bit too long. His expiry date has been reached. And, you know, next year that might result in getting one of the top two options, mm. as we know, in Wemby or Scoot. So yeah, what, what do you make of it as a Lakers fan and from an Indiana perspective? Initial thoughts as a Lakers fan, because mm. this is a deal that, you know, the nut, the big pieces, the nuts and bolts, mm. Westbrook, Turner, Hield have been in rumours for quite a while now. Yeah, they have. I love this as a Lakers fan just purely for the fact all the rumoured packages around these pieces so mm-hmm. far mm-hmm. have included um, have included draft picks. Mm-hmm. The fact that, the, that this one doesn't, the Lakers get to hold on to those very limited picks that they've still got left. Mm-hmm. They get a capable shooter there in, in Buddy. Um, I... I think this is I think this is a win. If I was the Lakers, I'd do this in a heartbeat. Mm. Um, for as good as Russ has been over the last couple of games coming off the bench, I, I like that mm. role for him. So do I. Um, I think this is the move that if you want to win now and really maximise like LeBron's last couple of uh, really high-quality years, mm. I think you make this move. I think you do. I think and you have to. I, I agree with you on the Pacers side. I think if you get Westbrook now while his, his value is low, you could absolutely trade him. No, this can, there's teams out there that would still be interested in a Russ, I think. Oh, without doubt, yeah. Um, so I think this is a move that makes everybody happy. Mm, and, I think so as well. And even, I don't know if you could shut him down completely, even if you got Russ and just, again, played him off the bench mm. by losing the Hield, by losing Turner, you, you're probably going to chalk up a few more losses, mm. which for them is probably a good it's result good as well. Yep. So mm. I, I like this one, mate. I think this is a, a winner. Let's see if we can make it happen. Let's let's do it. Well, I'll carry on then with the side of uh, – I'll continue with Miles Turner. Yep. So in this deal, the Brooklyn Nets receive Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. The Pacers receive Joe Harris, Dayron Sharp, and a 2023 first-round pick via either Houston or Philly. Okay. Now, I think they've really got to – they've either got to just fully embrace Simmons playing at a five, as the five, a mm-hmm. small ball five, or they need to get in a big man who can shoot because if you've got a big who can who can't shoot with Simmons in there as well, it's just going to clog up the paint. Mm. Uh, we all know what Turner's capable of. Um, he normally shoots the three ball around the mid thirty percent range, which is serviceable enough. Serviceable, yeah. Um, only played a few games this season, but he's averaging you know thirteen seven and two, good enough numbers. Mm. Um, and I think for the Pacers, they get a lights out shooter in Joe Harris. So. With Buddy Hield as well, I tell you what, they're going to jack up some threes. Mm. <laughs> um, they get a twenty-year-old big in Daron Sharp, who's shown little flashes so far, but again, a project to mould around that young core with Halliburton, Matherin, um, and Co. Yep. Uh, I I just think this is the move the Nets need to make mm. because at, so far, Claxton, for as much as we like him, and um, is that it, it, their defense hasn't looked good enough? No, it has not looked good not. enough. And and Turner can bring you that whilst being able to shoot the three, which mm. I think is what they need. I think so as well. I actually, I actually don't mind that to be honest with you. And I think I'm I'm looking at Joe Harris's name as well. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like his time in Brooklyn has expired to some extent. Yeah. I th- I don't think he's as important to their existing squad as he was once upon a time. So yeah. I think, and he's, and he's got pretty high value coming over on his day. He's one oh, of the best three sniper. point snipers in the league. So I really like that. And they get a draft asset there as well. The 2023 first round pick, which is a sweetener. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And Miles Turner in the past, he, he's a, 
yes, he's a really good um, spread the floor big man, but he's a guy who can average like two to three blocks per game. Yeah. Probably not that long, long ago that he did average that for the season. And that brings that much needed defensive aspect to the Nets game because at the moment they are getting found out on that end. Um, and sometimes you need just one of these really key anchor players, such as Miles Turner, who's desperate to get out of Indiana by the sounds of it. And he could he could steady the ship from a defensive um, point of view for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, these are moves that need to be made, guys. So if you're any GMs out there, you're listening to the Daily Dribble, which I'm sure there's plenty out there that do, you know, hit us up. We're happy to impart some more wisdom and insight and get these deals done. Get Miles Turner out of Indiana, I think. I think after the first two trades that we have mentioned, I think that's probably the non-negotiable, isn't it? He doesn't yeah. want to be there. He's still got pretty considerable value and other teams could, could certainly use him. So I'd, I think we need to get Time him out. To go. Free the shackles. Absolutely. What have you got for your second trade there, Ro? Next trade also involves the Lakers. Yeah. I thought I might get you with this one, Nick. How about Eric Gordon? and Doug McDermott to the Lakers, Kendrick Nunn to the Rockets, and Dennis Schroeder to the Spurs. So essentially, yep. again, we I don't want to harp Nunn, on it too much. Nunn but and Schroeder for, for Eric Gordon and Doug McDermott, essentially for the Lakers. Yes, yep. yeah. And Eric Gordon and Doug McDermott, they're both into their 30s. Eric Gordon's, I think, 33. Doug McDermott might be might have just hit 30. Um, so, you know, you're getting some uh, sort of veterans of the league who yeah. have been there, done that, really quality shooters, um, I think could, could fit into that Lakers mm. system really well. Um, you're getting rid of Kendrick Nunn, who I don't think has quite worked with the with the Los Angeles Lakers so far. I think you could attest to that probably, Nick. Yep. And it's a shame because when he was with Miami, he was showing really good signs, and I thought he that acquisition could actually be very handy, but no, didn't work out. That Hasn't way. turned out to be too fruitful as of yet. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think those two shooters could work. I'm thinking of guys who could work really well in unison with LeBron James because I think the players that you have to recruit if you're the Lakers have to really, if you're looking to contend for a championship yeah. over the next few years, you have to work out which guys are going to work well in unison with LeBron and, and I think Schroeder's they is not known as a three-point shooter. Like no. we, we haven't seen him this season, but I don't really know how much more value he's going to bring to the team. I think so as well. I'm I'm with you, and I think Schroeder might make a little bit of sense for the um uh, for the San Antonio Spurs yeah. because yep. at the moment their only pure point guard is Trey Jones. So I think they're a bit thin on the um old point guard yep. depth, and I think because he's been in the league a while, it might bring a bit of bit of maturity, a bit of veteran leadership to the team. I'm not really sure, but they definitely need a few more guys who can play that position because Trey Jones isn't enough. And hopefully it just ignites Kendrick Nunn's career in a new in a new setting there. Um, just start afresh, scrape, you know, get rid of what's happened with the Lakers and just really kind of start afresh with a, with a fun, exciting young squad. There. I think so as well. I think Kendrick Nunn um, to the Rockets, they've got some really exciting young up-and-coming guards, the Rockets, and I think he could be a really handy contributor off the bench. Um, yeah. So you're getting some aged guys who can shoot and getting rid of some perhaps younger guys who aren't, well, just certainly aren't as good as uh, shooters as those other blokes. Yeah. Lakers are getting what they need um, and sort of extending that ch um, championship window a little bit longer um, with these shooters. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think this is a win. Um, I think across the board, it's a win for all teams. For the Rockets, you know, Eric Gordon's been good for them this season. It doesn't fit in with their timeline at all. Doesn't. Bringing that age down in none 
is is the right move. Um, likewise, I agree with the Spurs side of things. You know, Trey, Trey Jones isn't a starting level point guard. No, he's not. Um, Surely no. can still still do a job. He was fantastic at the Euro basket there, so I think that bodes better for them. And for the Lakers, getting that shooting, teach Mister Mister, teach me how to dougie. He's yeah. uh, he's been lights out. Like he's a really capable shooter. Um, Eric Gordon, I think, could be a, a real real swing piece. They mm. just need blokes who can put the ball in the cup from, they do. from outside. So for me, I think this is this is a win. I think it I, works. I know it's a shame because I really want to disagree with some of these, mm. um, just because we love the debate side of things. But I, I think this is a good and it's a smart move, particularly as a Lakers fan. Like, let's be honest. Like, yes, you need shooters, but. You know, what has Kendrick Nunn provided for the Lakes? You don't have that attachment to Kendrick nothing. Nunn. Nothing, nothing at all. That's a stretch. And, nothing, uh, nothing. Yeah, it right. still works. Kind that's of. all right. And then Dennis Schroeder, we know what he what he did. He didn't want to um, accept the big bag that he was offered originally. He came crawling back and it's probably a bit lucky to be there at the minute. But, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that would that would work for from a Lakers perspective for you, Nick. Jeez, well, this just shows you where we're at with the Lakers at the moment. My mm. next trade is centered around the Lakers, yeah. As well, I'll just give give the forewarning. My third mm. trade doesn't involve the Lakers as well, so look forward to that. Too. Here's a little sweetener. Neither does mine. There we go. Look out. Um, well, my second one, and I wish Lee was here to give his thoughts on this, <laughs> but I've got the Hornets. Yes, receiving Russell Westbrook, a 2027 first round pick. And a 2023 second round pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The, the Lakers then receive Gordon Haywood, Kelly Oubre, and Mason Plumley. Mm. Now, I've put this one and I put the little notes. This this trade in the event that the Russ off the bench experiment doesn't work. Mm. So far, so good. He's looked good off the bench despite them going down big to the Jazz today. Um, he has looked better in that sixth man role. Much better. Yeah, for sure. But I think this would just be a good move. The Lakers. Need some more playmaking because it mm. really is pretty reliant on on LeBron at the moment, mm. which is which is okay. But the older he gets, the more support he's going to need. I think Haywood can bring that. Ubre shooting. Um, I tell you what, when he cooks, he cooks with the best of them yeah. in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, Plumley's whatever Plumley is. You know, we've never had too many good things to say about Mister Plumley. No, um, no. But I think he could still do a role there for the Hornets. I think you know they've. Been pretty gritty so far without mm. Lamelo, without Rosier, um, and crew. But I think it's probably time to shut up shop. They embrace the tank for this season. Again, kind of like we spoke about with the Pacers a moment ago. They're a team that could certainly look to to offload Russ, get his value up mm. a little bit, and mm. some playing time, and then offload him. Um, so I certainly think that's a move that could benefit them because I don't think they're going anywhere this season. No, I, I think I'm with you. And, um, yeah, I like the fact that the Lakers, again, are getting guys who, who can shoot. I think Don't if, like giving up these draft picks, I'll just say, because that's where I liked your other trade. Yeah, you don't like giving them up. But at the same time, as I was saying before, like their, their championship window is closing. And if they're actually going to have a chance at truly contending while LeBron's still hanging around. Yeah. His career, his, his, we, don't, we don't know. He, he could go to 45. We just don't know. Come as a shock. But I think if you're the Lakers, if you're trading, if you're a part of a trade package at the moment, it's a non-negotiable that you get shooters in return. Or else it's just a waste of time. You're wasting every, everyone's time. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I like I like that, Nick. Yep. I, I, I tell Russell you what, Westbrook I think... to the Hornets. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about to... that one as we speak. Well, I'm also picturing I just – the flamboyant Kelly Oubre in the bright lights of LA. Oh, wouldn't he love that? Look, wouldn't he yeah, love that? He would He would be all for He'd it. He'd be on the cover of Vogue in he, no time. He was loving he it when he was with the Warriors, yep. you know, repping the Bay Area. 
in the bright lights of Hollywood, look yes, out. I yeah. think he he could be one of those kind of, I think characters somewhat Dennis Rodman esque, where he just goes goes AWOL for a couple of days, I, and everyone's like, well, "Shit, where's Kelly going?" I, I actually see that. I can yeah. also see him like getting like movie offers on the side. Yeah. He's in the bright lights of Hollywood. He's got the looks for it. He yeah. could he could get a get a sort of cameo piece in a few movies. Plumley getting any offers? <laughs> Plumley's got a head for radio. I don't think Plumley's is getting any um, Hollywood gigs anytime soon. A head for radio. In there the director's chair, let's just say. Yeah, um, absolutely. I just I just want to touch on that a little bit. How do you think Russell Westbrook would work? Do you see, Would you see this trade as a long-term Russell Westbrook in no. Charlotte? No. no. No, I see it more so like as you were saying with that that Pacer side of things, probably a short-term deal to look to build his value. Drive his value, yep. And then look to offload him. Um, yeah, yeah, because that was my only concern. I was thinking, okay, I don't know how it's going to work long-term with Lamelo Ball. Yeah. I think it would probably hinder him long-term. But yeah. if he's only there for the short-term to drive over, his value, I I, yeah, and, and it's I probably the he, same thing with my, my trade in Indiana. He yeah. probably would have hindered... Tyrese Halliburton long term, but if he's only there for a, for a year or so, doesn't doesn't bother me at all. And I at, at this point of his career, he's searching for a ring, so yes, I, yeah. I, I don't think he would be too thrilled for it to be an extended vacation in somewhere like Indiana or, no, or Charlotte. No, so no, I think true, he'd be actually. pretty happy to force his way out quickly. Yep. I like that one, Nick. I like that one. Third um, trade for you, Roy. I'm th- excited. No Lakers mentioned, so this will be a, a fun one. <laughs> this will be a fun one, although I have mentioned the Charlotte Hornets, so a bit of rep- repetition. That's all right. How about... DeAndre Ayton and Jay Crowder traded from the Suns to the Hornets in exchange for Terry Rozier, Gordon Haywood, and James Booknight. Justifications. Okay. okay. Justifications, as always. Yeah. For as long as we can remember with the Charlotte Hornets, they have required a quality oh, big man absolutely. year after yeah. year, particularly off-season during the season. What we've banged on about that quite a bit We're, over the last it's, 12 to 24 months. It's probably been the most consistent theme for the podcast yep. <laughs> since its inception, which is saying something. So. so at 24 years of age, DeAndre Ayton, wanting, wanting to get out of Phoenix, has wanted to get out, Hasn't probably hasn't wanted to be there this year. Um, he provides that quality big man to Charlotte Hornets that yep. they're requiring. Um, likewise with Jay Crowder, he needs out of Phoenix. Yeah, they're they're part of ways. They're, they're part of ways. So said they're happy to help him get out. So that's. I think they would, they'd be more than happy to accommodate that. He's a three and D type player who could step into a similar role as. I guess he would probably have to step into that um, in, into that Gordon Hayward role. Yep. Um, because they're sort of similar positions, similar heights, and I yep. think he would he would suit that team um, quite well. Now, I guess from the Phoenix side of things, I'm yeah, thinking about is... CP3's career coming to an end and I'm sort of looking at what their insurance plan is, what their death insurance plan is for, <laughs> for CP3. You've got to have a plan in place. We're Be- not going to be around forever, Be- are we? No, we're not. <laughs> um, so I think once CP3 goes, who, who have you got to sort of at least steady the ship at the PG role for, for the yeah. time being? So... They need a few additional pieces in the guard spot. So I'm thinking mm. of Terry Rozier. He's not the same player as CP3, obviously. He's not the distributor, but he he can absolutely light it up from a scoring perspective on his day. Yep. James Booknight, don't think it's necessarily working in Charlotte as well as I thought it would prior to him coming in. It's pretty small sample size given that he's only been in a year and a bit. Yep. So I think it, it's probably quite premature, but I'm thinking of, the guards from uh, Charlotte who could make this work. 
And then I'm thinking of also Gordon Haywood, who I think it's come out over the last few weeks that he might want out of Charlotte Hornets as well. I think he liked a tweet suggesting a, a trade that involved him elsewhere. Might have been, might have been to the Lakers. But I, I think regardless, when you're doing that kind of thing, you're not settled and you're not 100% content with where you are. Yeah. The Suns. Um, so we have to think about who they have to replace DeAndre Ayton at that centre position yeah, because that's a yeah. that's a big talking point. We look at I think they've got some pretty good guys who can step up into that role. We look at Jock Landale; he's having a really good good season, and I really like what he's done so far. Um, Dario Saric is another one, and Bismack Biombo. So they've got a few sort of backup centres who mm. they'd probably all have to share some responsibility at that centre position. I don't think you could shove the entire responsibility on one. Yep. Um, so in my mind, I think the trade is a win-win for both sides. So I think Charlotte, um, they need that legitimate quality centre that they've cried out for yeah. for ages. They get a replacement for Gordon Haywood at that small forward position in Jay Crowder. And then with the Suns, I think it sort of, again, it sort of extends their championship window because once CP3 goes out the door, you don't want to be found out at a certain position. Like he's yep. the he's the current PG, but once he goes down and bows out, you want to have someone who can step up into his place in some capacity, even if it's not the exact same position that uh, the exact same sort of like facilitating game style as he has. Um, and it adds a bit more depth to the Phoenix Suns, I think, as well. This is an interesting one. It's a bit now, of a complex one. This is uh this is one where I might please disagree if you want. I, I, I'll give it a half. I okay. give it a big win for the Hornets. Mm. I think, to be honest, their squad with Aiton in it, Aiton and and Lamelo kind of driving driving that team. Mm. I think that looks a lot healthier than what they've got at the moment. I think it'd be Lob City two point I think so too, mm. and I think that's what they've been crying out for, as we've spoken about. Um, for the Suns, the Suns not so keen on the Suns. Not so keen for the Suns, just for the fact I, I absolutely love what Jock Landau is doing, and I'm mm. so so excited he's getting a really big, you know, really big increase in minutes, mm. um, in terms of opportunity, and he's he's certainly making the most of it. I think between him and Biombo, though, I think if they're to be a championship contending team over the next, mm. let's say, two years, maybe mm-hmm. two two three years at max. I don't think they're going to get you there, especially with the decline. Oh, you see, it's, it's tough because I think from a ball handling perspective and everything of the kind, it, it's, it's good. Mm. I think their defense will suffer, though, quite quite heavily. Do you think – here's one just on the fly. Do you think if we we modify this trade a little bit to include yep. Mason Plumley as a, as a legit – he's not a legitimately yeah. quality center, no, but he's I'm, a legitimate center? Yep. So just say we took out, we'd have to take out Book Knight, just say, and we'd probably have to add another piece in from from Phoenix. If you had Mason Plumley as your one of the centres on that team, would would that work? Would that get it across? Is the is the lack of quality depth, like extremely quality depth, to pick up from DeAndre Aiden? putting you off this trade? It, it is a little bit. Mm. I, I get real nervous for that centre role for them mm. just because especially losing Crowder as well. Like I know he hasn't played this season, but someone that three and that, that the D part of it. For sure. A real yeah. defensive, you know, just merchant there. Um, I I can I can see it working. They would probably have to embrace playing a, a, a small ball kind of really dynamic lineup. I think so. Um, I don't know 
Yeah, that would fare. I really like it for the Hornets, though. Like, I, I think that move is, I think it works. And yeah. I think that elevates them. I wouldn't say they would be a playoff lock, but I think that puts them in the plane at least. I think it, yeah. I it don't elevates think them. they're probably there at the moment. With no, their, no, with I'm squad. with you. So, um, and the only reason I didn't yeah. include Mason Plumley in this trade to begin with is because I was thinking from a Charlotte Hornets perspective, who would they have? Like their <laughs> their yeah. center stocks are pretty thin, right? As it as it is, he's a great backup center. He's a great oh, backup yeah. center. I was thinking Perfect. he could he could certainly come off the bench, and they'd be happy to have DeAndre Ayton starting. But would they be happy to get rid of him? And then who who comes on when DeAndre Ayton goes yeah, exactly. off for a rest? I'm not sure how that would work. I, I think there'd be quite a lot in the plus minus. When their starters to bench were on, I think there'd be quite a big difference there. So I think so as well. I like it though. I like it. I Could like work. it for the Hornets. Um, time will tell for the uh, for the Suns. Yes. Yep. Okay. Let's move ahead. I've got my third trade here. I've got the Toronto Raptors receiving Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Kyrie to the north of the yeah. north of the border. Okay. As, as I yep. drew this up, I thought this is a little left field. The Nets receive Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. Now, I think if this would have worked, the Raptors, they get another competent ball handler. Mm-hmm. I think Kyrie would have to accept a vastly different role just with the way Siakam's been playing this mm-hmm. season, just with the way Scotty Barnes is coming on and elevating himself, I think, into a real a real menace over mm-hmm. the next year or so. Um, I, I, I like this from a ball handling perspective. Mm-hmm. Like Kyrie, as we said, he is so, so slippery. The Raptors have looked better. When Ben Vliet has missed time, sure, to be honest. For sure. Yep. Um, for the Nets, I think they get a tremendous two-way player there in OG. He's really come along in leaps and bounds this season as well. And then another lockdown defender in Gary Trent. Um, I think it just aids them, as we said, a real big part of what they've missed this season so far has been that defense. So I think getting, you know, two kind of defensive-minded players like OG, Gary Trent, enables KD to keep cooking you know, enables a little less kind of pressure on Simmons because yes, all yep. the defence has been kind of, I guess, put on him this season mm-hmm. and so far he hasn't risen to the challenge. No, not yet. Um, I get a little bit nervous for the for the Raptors side of it, how Kyrie would kind of fit in with this team. This is my concern, but yes, go um, But I, I, I would like to see it. I think he would just have to embrace a vastly different role. I think if you if you could guarantee, which you cannot at the moment, if you could guarantee that Kyrie Irving would be coming over without issues, without baggage, oh. without negative headlines. Like wishing for rain in the desert, isn't I it? I just, yeah, you struggle to see it happening yeah. um, because I think from a from a skills, skills perspective and from just like an absolute star of the NBA perspective, you would you'd love Kyrie Irving at your franchise for, yeah. for what he can bring on the court. Um, I it's just a funny fit, isn't it? It, it is a it's it's a little bit of a funny fit, but I like the, I like the uniqueness of it. Yeah. I like the left field um, prospect that you've given me. I just don't know if I if I was any team at the moment, right? I don't know if I'd be super stoked to have Kyrie Irving coming over to my squad and getting rid. Yeah. Of, so was it Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. as the offloads? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so if you're Toronto, you're getting rid of guys who have been. I think I think they're two of. I th- sorry, I said OG before. I meant Fred. Yeah, I thought you did. Yeah, yeah but that's okay. Um, I don't know if you'd love to do that if you're Toronto. I think they're like two solid stalwarts for them, and I think they're in a good spot at the moment. They are, are in a if, good spot. If Siakam can put himself as a top ten player within the league, 
Like they're in, they're just kind of almost flying under the radar yeah. in a real good spot. As I said before, like I really like this trade if Kyrie was coming over with a clean slate, but I just yeah. I just don't I don't think and I, I can say this from a Boston perspective, you're not getting a clean slate regardless of if he has a clean slate in terms of no. the franchise he goes to. He's bringing baggage with him. I, don't, I wouldn't want that if I was Toronto. I think yep. they've got a pretty good thing going at the moment, and I think I probably underestimated the season that they're that they're going to have. That they look they look really solid. They're a team. The last couple of years, I've continued to underestimate. Yes. They've always given overs. I think I, th- I feel like I heard a stat the other day over the last is it seven or eight seasons, mm. in as they go into the season, they're kind of plus minus total over under wins. Should I say they've hit the over? Pretty much every season, Everything. apart from one, I think. Over is it the last seven or eight years? Says so it all. They continue to be underrated and continue to outperform. Why do we do this? Things. I don't know what it is. I don't know I don't what know it either. is about them. Um, I think maybe because they almost do it. You know, Siakam's kind of led the team this season, mm. but they almost do it more so by committee. By committee, yep. They don't for have sure. a KD scoring forty points or today against. Celtics, DeMar mm. dropped, you know, high 40s. Mm. They don't have a guy who's just kind of going out and doing that on a regular basis. And it probably goes against our the theory. As much. Probably goes against our theory that you need absolute top-end talent mm. because, yes, top-end talent is handy, but they've got a lot of really, like, they've got a lot of star players, but I don't think they have any superstar players. Yeah. And I rate Pascal Siakam super highly, but would I put him as a superstar of the league? Probably not. I'll, um, I'll touch base with you on that in a couple of well, a couple of months' time because I really hope there's a lot of people who think by a season's end he could be a top five, top ten player within the league, and he's he's looking like it so far. Yeah, I, I might be eating my words in a, in a few months um, because he, he's had a really good start to the yeah. season, and um, yeah, so so have Toronto, but um, it'd be a funny Kyrie I, Irving to Toronto. I watched the riots in Toronto because I reckon oh. it's like getting rid of it's like getting rid of two of your brothers. Yeah, um, because they're all. It's a really tight knit community group. in in Toronto. Yep. For a, a, I don't, I don't want to be too uh, down in the dumps about Kyrie because he does still, have no, still, stuff still, going he's, on. But he's brought a lot of negativity in the last week or two. So if you ever wanted to say anything bad or get it off your chest about Kyrie, <laughs> may as well lay in there. Oh, I'll probably say something that I regret, yeah. but I, I just think it's. I don't. I wouldn't want this if I was a Toronto fan, but. What do you what do you reckon though? Like, I, what, I, what's your thoughts? I think it's I like it for the Nets. For the Nets, yeah. Especially mm. you know the way he's kind of. I think every time he goes onto a court now in, you know Brooklyn, it's going to be booze just about. Mm. Um, to be honest, it doesn't feel as if what we've seen so far this squad's going anywhere. So they need a bit of a shake up. I think it'll undoubtedly make KD that bona fide number one by a clear yeah. mile, whereas yeah. it's kind of one yeah. A and one B at the moment. And I think from everything we've seen over the course of his career, KD kind of operates best as that number one guy. Clear number one, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I like it on that side. For the Raptor side, as I put it together, I was like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how the fit would go. I think it'd be exciting. Yeah. But I think he would really have to kind of change his mindset, change his role, change his whole attitude. Um because I think they could be pretty unforgiving in the Great North. I think they would be as well. And I think the fact of the matter is that they're – we always talk about culture, right, with these organisations. It's really hard to build build a really healthy, solid culture. Yep. And you don't want to undo all your good work that you've done. Bring in just one of these players who's, who can be really problematic and has a history of being bringing negative headlines and ruin that culture. I don't think it's worth the risk. There you go. 
Mate, we have put together six trades there. Guys, we'd love to hear from you which ones we got right, which we got wrong. Um, would you like to see any of these deals go through? If not, pose a couple of your own. We'd love to hear and uh, kind of dissect them all. So we're what always we, up for a yarn. What have we taken out of the episode? Lakers? Lakers shooters. need to do no, Lakers need shooters. Miles Turner. Pacers need to move on from Turner. Yep. Um, and that. And the, Toronto definitely don't need <laughs> And that the Nets are in disarray. Yes, they are. They, they are in absolute disarray at the moment. So Most um, underperforming team this season so far, apart from the Lakers. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, was no, I think to get you with a bit of bait. Yeah, well, the oh, mate, I, you're not going to hear any complaints from me after that loss. The, yeah. I tell you what, the Warriors as well have started very slow. Mm, they have, very oh, slow they have their another sleeper. What are they, yeah. they lost today against the Pelicans. Forgive me, their record currently sits with that loss. What are they? Bum, 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 bum. Three, three and seven. Three and seven wow. for the reigning champs. Wow. Who would have thought? It's a funny old year. I tell you what, there's twists and turns at every, every junction. There is. Guys, we can't wait to be back next week. Be sure to stay up to date with all of our socials for when the latest news breaks from the NBA, as well as checking out our NBL Focus show. Be dropping another episode, I would say, Monday night. Yep. Um, I'm going to do five five headlines from this week's game. So I'm going to post five headlines that I've taken out from this week's games. Um, it's fantastic to see the Jack Jumpers get up over the Wildcats the other night. Yes, we're looking good, the Jackies. And uh, another game as we speak, just as we wrap up, just about taking on the Brisbane Bullets. So a lot to look forward to there in the NBL. Be sure to check out that show. And we'll be back next week. Won't Sounds we, good, Nick. Guys, take it easy. Have a great week. And we will talk to you soon.